didn't mean to start with the tongue pop. It just came out. <laughs> oh, I wasn't even, I didn't even hear that. I was just oh, trying to make it Maybe you different... subconsciously picked up on that it. That was funny. Yeah. Because I literally went. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. I was just doing it because um, I feel like we need new ghost sounds and that was supposed to be like, could be anything. <laughs> Trickling water. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, footsteps. I also would like to um, venture outside of just the the moans and the and then my ghost. I think I need something new. Your screams that I love editing out or not out, but just turning the volume down as low as I can on your screams. Hi, welcome to Ghost Light. Hi, welcome. Hi, welcome to Ghost Light. Do I'm your Chase. News thing that you do. Good morning, everybody in the news this morning. Good morning. I'm Chase Hauser, and this is Ghostlight. <laughs> is that what you're talking about? Yeah. And I'm Lena. And in today's episode, we are covering the Birdcage Theater, which is going to be a very long episode, but for the right reasons. Uh, Lena and I have actually been to the Birdcage, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of personal stories to share about it that we'll get into later. In person accounts. In person accounts. <laughs> True accounts. Who wouldn't lie to you? Our loyalistness. Um, yeah. So anyway, how are you? Before we get into it, let's do a little a little vibe. Vibe out. I, I'm vibe good. Check. I had like a wacko day. <laughs> uh, it was just so busy, but I'm good. Yeah. Good. Good to be here. Drinking, sipping on some water. Hydrating. Hydration station. <laughs> um, Daisy's running around. I don't know if you can hear her. Cute. No, I can't. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a very busy but productive week. Uh, I'm very excited because I got some custom frames delivered today. I mean, they're nothing like that special. They just had to be custom because I couldn't find any that were the right size. Mm. Um, But they're really cool. I have like a really beautiful gold frame that I got. It's not, I mean, it's wooden, just literally spray painted gold, but (laughs) it's beautiful. And I put like a Harley Quinn illustration in it. So it's like Queen Harley. Pretty Cute. cute. I and then that. a really cool vintage Star Wars poster that came in the original vinyl release of the soundtrack. And it's this like giant poster of the Death Star being blown up, but it's iconic. And I got that framed. So, mm. so I'm excited. I'm you're excited. Running, Some DIYs. Yeah. You're running out of places to put things. Well, in not your when apartment. I. Yeah. But that's why. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I'm taking down my t shirt wall. For those who don't know, oh, I have a wall. God, I'm so sad about that. <laughs> my wall. Like, I have so I have a, mad. I have a wall in like my living room dedicated to t-shirts of musicians that I like. And uh, let me count them. It I looks six. like a, mer- a merch wall. It looks like a merch wall. Yeah, it really does look like when you're walking up to a merch stand <laughs> at a concert and you're like, um, I'll take one E in a large. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... I mean, it's just it's because when I moved here, I had a bunch of like art and sh- random stuff and I didn't have any frames for it. And for some reason, I I was like, oh, just temporarily, I'll just put T-shirts on the wall. And believe it or not, the idea came to me in a dream. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because yes, I, I was so I remember being, when I moved here, I was so stressed out about all the like the white wall space. And so then I was like, oh, my gosh, I my dreams came through and I had a dream of hanging T-shirts on the walls. To- oh, my God. But I think it's come to its end. I know it's, which is so sad because I love that wall. It is. It is the end of an era. It's so fun. It is fun. I know. But I got really cool art to put in its place. Yeah. 
Cool. Good. And, Better and be good. Now I can now I can wear wear the shirts, which is also a, a plus. True. True. <laughs> there was one night where I actually had to wear I actually had to wear I have a Gaga shirt on the wall, and I had to wear it. And so I literally went over the wall, unpinned it, wore it all night, washed it, put it back Pinned on the it wall. Back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we get in the birdcage? I feel like we should just get into it because it's going to yeah, be yeah, a long yeah. episode and get yeah. rid of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So today's episode was prepared by moi. And before we get into it, I really want to establish the vibe of where it's located. So before we start talking about like the history of the theater itself, we need to get into the location of that theater, and that is Tombstone, Arizona. And Lena, please interrupt me as much as you want because... <laughs> You grew up with Tombstone practically as your neighbor. So I, I figure you're probably a little more versed in it than I am. Yeah, I grew up in Tucson. <laughs> Tucson next to Tombstone. Not Tombstone. Tombstone. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Tucson, which is like a 45-minute drive from here. Love that. Love in that. A good old Arizona. That's right. The Birdcage Theater, located in Tombstone, is located about 70 miles southeast of Tucson, Arizona, and is now a tourist hotspot for those looking to explore an authentic Old West town. Nicknamed the town Too Tough to Die, Tombstone was established in 1880 around a booming silver mine, complete with two dance halls, a dozen gambling halls, and more than 20 saloons. And another fact that I found interesting, and Lena, Hmm. let me know. Actually, I'll just ask you. I want to ask you. We're going to have a trivia moment. Do you know... How Tombstone earned its name? Because so many people died and there were so many tombs. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry to say. <laughs> too, many, too many tombstones. <laughs> Tombstone got its name from the man who discovered the mine, a silver prospector, Ed Scheiflin, who was told by his comrades that he'd find nothing on his expedition except for his own tombstone. Oh. I will say it's a very Tombstone-esque naming. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's very, uh, not serendipitous, but it's, um, well, I mean, it is serendipitous, but more like a, it's apropos, a prose prose. <laughs> yeah. It's a prose prose. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so so I just think that, I think that's a fun little trivia moment for everyone. That is fun. Um, anyways, the, the place was wild, as everyone can imagine. Totally lawless. Wild. Very, yeah. People came to oh. get rich. They they drank, they partied, all of it. And it's also the location of the famous OK Corral shootout and the backdrop of many famous films and stories, like the film Tombstone. Tombstone. <laughs> okay, so before I move on to the birdcage theater itself, Lena, did you have anything to add? I just wanted to make sure that everyone out there understood the like Scooby-Doo, Old Man Smithers, Mining Town vibe through and through before we get to the birdcage. Yeah, like just... I would like to emphasize that this is like an old timey town that they have like kept and like you can take there's like it's all like dirt roads and like it's like a tourist attraction to come to Tombstone and like go to the saloons and people are dressed up in like old like cowboy like outfits and like the big dresses and there's like um and the feathers you know what I mean and so people it's like very still live that. there there's, like, there's still like 30 there. people mm-hmm. that live there or something like <laughs> yeah it's it's wild. I just can't imagine. But yeah. honestly, and at this point. you go and watch like, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say at this point, like, maybe maybe I should move to Tombstone. I know. It just maybe sounds safe. Should. It sounds safe. It sounds isolated. And it sounds uh, warm as we start heading into fall and winter in Chicago. Yeah. Um, which brings me to the mm-hmm. fact that Tombstone has or ha- has still, I think to this day, it has the deadliest street corner in the country. Meaning 
the most people have died on this street corner. It's true. I got so distracted uh, by your Sweeney, your casual Sweeney Todd reference that I don't think you know you made. What did I say? What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> you literally go, you went, you went, had, has, had. No, yeah, you did. You did. You're like, has, had, has. Do you know that's from? <laughs> Sweeney Todd. Yeah, well, yeah, but you, you don't know what part. No, no. She goes, such a nice plump frame. What's his name? Has. Oh. Had. Has. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Catch catch me. I got hit by a fire truck listening to that song. Um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. M- moving on. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is, first of all, that's a crazy story for another time. Another time, another episode. Maybe if we do an episode on a haunted firehouse. <laughs> Or just <laughs> my haunted life. Yeah. <laughs> just my trauma. haunted life. <laughs> it's just an episode on personal trauma. Okay. Um, anyway, deadliest corner. You're right. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, it was it was wild. Uh, so the Birdcage Theater itself, the New York Times of the 1880s allegedly reported the Birdcage Theater as the wildest, wickedest night spot between Basin Street and the Barbary Coast. Is it Bazin? No, it's Basin Street. I just, it's Basin. No idea. So according to legend, (laughs) it was also said that no self-respecting woman in town would even walk on the same side of the street as the Birdcage Theater. Part saloon. You didn't know that? I know. I kind of love that little story. I walked into the Birdcage. What did they say (laughs) about me? (laughs) (laughs) Speaks volumes on your character. Uh, Part saloon, part gambling hall, part brothel, and part theater, the Birdcage operated continuously 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, from its opening in 1881 through its closing in 1889. One of the Birdcage's biggest claims to fame is its hosting of the longest-running poker game in history. The game had a $1,000 buy-in, which was like... I did. I did a little Googling for you. Um, and that was about $30,000 back then just to buy into the game. So just wow. to sit down, you had to get paid 30, 30 grand. Uh, yeah. And the game was played continuously 24 hours a day for eight years, five months, and three days. It is said that as much as $10 million changed hands over the duration of the game. And participants included Doc Holliday, Bat Masterson, and other famous old Westie cowboy bros like that. Wow. I don't know who they are, but you did because... Did you ever take a field trip to Tombstone? Like for school? Um, I don't think we ever took a field trip, but I definitely went... That's so went. surprising to me, though. Maybe. I don't remember. I don't think so. There's but we, no way. I mean, maybe. I, I've been a lot, so maybe. Because yeah. like I've been, like we would go with like when family came into town or like whatever. Right. You know what I mean? so close and like kind of kind of fun <laughs> mm-hmm. the birdcage still boasting over 140 bullet holes in its walls is one of the most authentic buildings left in tombstone as it survived devastating fires that swept through the town also worth noting the building reportedly earns its name from the from the cage style crib compartments suspended from the ceiling on either side of the main hall it was in these bird cages that prostitutes would entertain customers and earn their coin so since this is a haunted theater podcast, I thought I'd try <laughs> to highlight some of the building's <laughs> actual theatrical history. Um, mm-hmm. Due to the notoriety of Tombstone, the Birdcage Theater had some famous performers grace its stage. One of the first acts of the Birdcage was known as Female Hercules, Mademoiselle de Granville. 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 She <laughs> Granville. Mademoiselle Granville is here. <laughs> <laughs> she performed feats of strength and picked up heavy objects with her teeth, 
which is probably what earned her other nickname, the woman with the iron jaw. Oh, oh my god, I just got a shiver. I hate jaw I know. stuff. Uh, I do too. That reminds me, I need to go. The, I need to get a new um, night guard. Okay. There were <laughs> there were other singers, comedians, and other vaudevillian acts that came through the birdcage, including Lillian Russell, Lotta Crabtree, and Eddie Foy Sr. I say Lana Crabtree. Lotta. Lotta. I mean, I say all these names Don't as if I tree. know these artists, but uh, I have You're no like, idea Lotta? who these people are. <laughs> um, but in case anyone out there does, they're there for you because I don't know them. Also, Lena, do you remember like the the fly act that they talked talked to us about on the tour? Oh, okay. It was vaguely. something about like two like vaudevillian people who would like they were like with like magnets or they had like clamps in their shoes and they would like climb. They would like they were flies in the show and they would like <laughs> climb. It's like it's not funny because there's death involved, but the point is they would like climb the walls of the bird cage and like hang upside yeah. down from the ceiling. And one of them fell and died. Which is like such a fun act. I mean, though. where okay, if they could if they were safer. I know. Well that what I was about <laughs> to say was like, if they did that back then, imagine what you can do now. Yeah. And why am I not seeing yeah, people why walk has on no the ceiling? No one done that. Where is it? Period. CTC will do it. We'll we'll recreate all the acts of the bird cage Or at the theater. very least, the the fly act or whatever it was. <laughs> I mean, that's so cool. But yeah, one of them fell and died yeah. though. I do know that. So that's sad. Yeah. Um all right. Oh. So one artist that Lena what? Wait. Oh. Oh, okay. I thought you weren't going to talk no, about this. No, don't worry. So I was like... uh, literally, I wrote, one artist that <laughs> Lena and I underline must mention is Fatima, the belly dancer. <sighs> she is one of Love the her. only performers we remember from our tour, and for very good reason. <laughs> uh, this icon, famous for her quote-unquote hoochie-coochie dance, performed at the birdcage in 1881 and afterwards gifted the birdcage a portrait of herself for them to hang at the bar, which they did, and it's still there today, bullet holes and all. But later, the best part of this is that she did this show at the birdcage, mm -hmm. and then she left and, like, became right. famous. Right, right. Like, she wasn't famous before, and then when she got really big, she sent her portrait to the birdcage, <laughs> like a signed portrait. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's my I favorite. mean, Fatima teaching us to remember our roots, never forget where you mm -hmm. came from. And she also, apparently, like, people would shoot at it. Like you said, there's bullet holes because people would shoot at it because they would they thought that she, like, they would get drunk and think she was, like, moving mm -hmm. towards them. They'd get freaked out, and they would, like... Because it was also across from the bar, so you could see, her. you could also see the reflection of the portrait mm -hmm. in like the window of the bar, the window, yeah. the mirror, Wild. the mirror of the bar. Um, anyway, so Fatima's a queen. We stand, and uh, the hoochie coochie dance needs to come back. I'm I, that's that's seconds away from becoming a the new TikTok trend, the hoochie coochie <laughs> dance. <laughs> During the birdcage's final year of operation, the boom turned bust, and the town's population dwindled to a fraction of what it was. In 1889, the Birdcage Theater was shut down and boarded up, with all of its per with all of its furnishings left inside. The building was left untouched and unopened for almost 50 years until 1934, when the theater reopened to the public. On their website, the Tombstone Chamber of Commerce writes, Walk through the theater's doors, and it feels like you've stepped back in time. The red-draped, gold-trimmed balcony boxes, aka the birdcages, are still intact, as are the stage curtains, bar, paintings, piano, jukebox, and card-laden poker tables. That's mm -hmm. spooky. Like, the fact that it was just boarded yeah. up, completely left. Like, I mean, poker, like, poker chips and cards on the table. Like, dead ass, this place was just abandoned like, like the town yeah. was. Boarded up. 
and one day they opened everything and everything's just like still just sitting there. Exact, that exactly is the same. a horrific time capsule, but in like the coolest way. And it's still yeah. like that. I mean, I know it's not ported up, but like it still looks. They like the haven't touched like it. Original yeah. And oh, yeah. it's so cool. It's so cool. So that's basically the history section. Did we have anything we wanted to add to the history section? I don't think so. Just that there's um, bullet holes everywhere. And apparently this was just like a rough. And actually, you know what? There is. Slash, like, just like people were like getting in gunfights, mm-hmm. et cetera. And not great for the women who were working. Exactly. Um, and another thing, too, is just the fact that it was open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for eight years. Like, I mean, it was just yeah. open all the right. time. I mean, it was never closed, always running. Things were always happening. Even on our theater, they mentioned, like, they mentioned things that I don't even mention in this episode. Like, if you wanted to get your teeth pulled, you'd come there. I mean, like, you, any, it yeah. was oh, like yeah. a one-stop Literally shop everything. for anything you needed, and it was always open. And if that's not going to leave some residual yeah. energy, I do not know what will. Mm-mm. And a barber, like, every everything. Yeah. And this, and this. You, people would get their hair yeah. cut. Yeah, and as we get into the haunting section, I just have to say, like, Lena, we went, Three three years ago, three years ago. I, I think it was guess. three years ago, like the summer before we moved here. Anyway, so yeah. But as a kid, mm-hmm. I would watch Ghost Adventures a lot, and I would watch. I watched an episode where they go to the birdcage as a child, and it like left such an imprint on me because it was just such an iconic episode, and it was like, I don't know, just f- fun. I mean, looking back at it, it's actually horrific, but um, <laughs> just because it's like really inappropriate and sexist and homophobic and weird anyway mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. zach biggins has seen a lot of growth these days which is good but we won't get into ghost adventures <laughs> the point is oh my god um <laughs> the birdcage was something that i was always fascinated by as a kid lena and i finally went three years later and here we are reporting on it so i'm excited uh all right let's get into the haunted section of this episode The Birdcage has been featured in paranormal investigation shows like Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures, Ghost Lab, and many others. They also offer a paranormal investigation tour for for guests looking to experience the building's hauntings firsthand. And this episode is kind of special, again, because Lena and I actually did the haunted tour. We didn't just do the regular tour. We did the nighttime haunted tour. And before we get into that, let's get into some of other ghost stories surrounding the Birdcage. So the more general hauntings are the apparitions of prostitutes and men in cowboy hats, women walking the catwalk by the birdcages. Others claim to have been hushed, touched, kissed, and pushed by unseen forces. There have been sounds of laughter, yelling, music, cards shuffling, and drinks clinking in the space. There have been smells of cigar smoke and plenty and plenty of orbs. Mm-hmm. One of the most paranormally active items in the Birdcage Theater is a hearse named the Black Moriah. This stagecoach-looking-ass hearse is trimmed in 24-karat <laughs> gold leaf and sterling silver and was what and was the very first vehicle with curved glass. It was one of only eight made in the world, and I think the only and I think it's the only one of the eight still around. Um, and it's valued at over two million dollars. Whoa. In the heyday of Tombstone, it was said that the Mariah had a cowboy for breakfast every day. One employee shared this story of a spirit that they assume is attached to the Black Moriah. Almost everyone who works here has had an experience of some kind with the quote-unquote lady in white. I have seen her. She came down the stairwell and into the poker room. She wore a white dress and a white bonnet. She stood in front of me for a very long time without reacting to my presence at all. It's like she didn't even know I was there. She says she's what they call a residual haunt. No one has ever identified who she is. A bonnet indicates she was a proper lady and no proper ladies ever came in here. 
Most of us who work here think she came in with the hearse and is now trapped here. Like she was haunting the hearse. Well, first. Yeah, either she, yeah, oh, no. no, yeah, either she no, yeah, like either she was haunting the hearse first or she like died in the hearse or mm. yeah. I mean, but they they think because she was like a proper lady that, you know, she wouldn't have been in the birdcage. I like to think right. that a proper lady met one of the prostitutes and like they had like this torrid love affair with um yeah. with uh uh sexuality and class and gender all intersecting in this tiny tomb of tiny tiny town of tombstone uh but that's <laughs> yes, just okay. i mean that's like write, write a script i'm saying okay well another often seen apparition is a stage hand in a black visor that paces the birdcage's hand-painted stage and before we get into our experience at the birdcage there was once a life-size statue of wyatt earp who is a deputy marshal of Tombstone, and he fought in the famous OK Corral shootout. I also keep saying famous OK Corral shootout because I have no idea what else to call it. You know what I mean? But I don't it's know. Famous. If it's famous. Yeah, but it's not that famous. I didn't know what it was well, until I went to Tombstone. They made a movie about it with Val Kilmer. Called Tombstone. Isn't he in that? Yeah, he is. Yeah. But I know, but like, I don't know how many people. I'm just saying, if we took a poll, I don't know if everyone would know what the OK Corral shootout is. I think people calling it the, a famous OK Corral shootout is the only way to give it any like validity these days. I mean, they reenact it every or, day. Or Val Kilmer fans. Yeah, or yeah, exactly, exactly. Just stands of Val Kilmer. Um, <laughs> or anyone who grew up in Arizona. Right, right. Anyways, there's a life-size statue of one of the deputy marshals named Wyatt Earp, right? They placed mm-hmm. it in one of the balcony boxes of, of the theater. And soon after placing the statue in the box, employees opening the birdcage for the day would find his hat lying in the middle of the floor below one morning the statue was even found completely turned around Mm -mm. that and this hat game went on for six months until a historian was consulted and he informed the birdcage that they had placed wyatt earp in the box of the clantons the box that the clantons used to reserve and the clantons were longtime rivals of earp and i'm pretty sure (laughs) one of them killed the other in the shootout anyways once they once the statue of wyatt earp was moved to a different balcony box the hat throwing stopped Oh my god! So it was like so it was funny. like the spirits of the Clantons, I guess, like fucking around with this like this dummy of the of the dummy they didn't like, and they would throw his hat off his head and turn him around and mess and around. Turn him around. <laughs> so now it is time for Lena and I to share our experiences at the Birdcage Theater, and before we get into it, I do want to talk about how scared we were to do this. Like I remember spending the mm-hmm. whole day in Tombstone asking ourselves like if we were actually to go through with it like i remember literally paying for the tour and then all day like hanging out in tombstone talking about how like we could just like go home and like it just sounds a little (laughs) bit too much like too intense but yeah we were like not convinced because everyone at the birdcage was like it's so intense and scary and like you're you know like they were like building it up yeah and so we were like i don't know we were like in this like weird bar Saloon, excuse me. Just debating like whether to go. Yeah, and <laughs> and you were more convinced than me. Yeah, absolutely. I I know I had to convince you. A you little like because you like this. Yeah. Stuff. But I was also <laughs> but I was also like really freaked out and like just for context. Um, I mean I'll get into it a little bit later too. But like I mean we knew that this tour was going to involve like at least like an hour of sitting in the dark in the pitch black with like EVP readers and mm-hmm. trying to make contact, which is that's that's the part that's horrifying like i'll go in and i'll walk yeah. around but as soon as like i'm trying to make contact right, it right, sounds totally. a little bit risky okay so the first portion of the tour was just a standard tour of the building and its history pointing out bullet holes showing us the poker table 
uh, like all that kind of stuff. And as far as I can remember, the only, and let me know, Lena, if I'm wrong, but the only thing mm-hmm. I could remember, like that was a little bit out of place during that part of the tour was like the, like I, for me at least, I, I had little patches of hair that were sticking up on my arm. Like it wasn't like my whole arm, like all the hair was just like up on end. It was just like little weirdly like little patches that I could physically, I could literally hold my arm up and look and like it was just like like raised in little like areas, which was weird. In little areas. Anyway, yeah, I thought weird. I, at the time I was like, oh, that's just weird, but whatever. And so I just kind of like held my arms the rest of the tour. And I remember you looked at me and you're like, are you feeling okay? I was like, yeah, I'm just like, nothing, everything's fine. But I was just like, cause I was like walking around <laughs> like a weirdo cause I had like my arms covered and I was just like, and it was like not cold, it was summer. And I was just like walking around this like theater with my arms covered because I didn't want to feel so anything funny. on my arms. But that's a scary, freaky. It was freaky, like that. and that was the beginning of the freaking night. I mean, that was just yeah, getting right. started. Buckle up. So then shit got real, and it was time for the lights out portion of the tour. Basically, which which was basically a watered down seance. Like, do you know what I mean? That was basically mm-hmm. like a like a watered down like a poor man's seance. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, got, yeah. Yeah. So to give everyone the visual, we were sitting on the backstage area of the theater above the basement. The small group of us, I think there were like, I think there were like nine of us plus the tour guide. So we sat around the room in a rectangular fashion around this long ass table while the guide sat at the head of the table. And I just have to say, I just have to say, this is really important. Lena and I were sitting at the end of the right side of the table, right by the staircase that led to the basement. So we are like at the end of this line of people sitting around the table. And moreover, and this is for me, I was sitting on the very, very end. So Lena, you were on my right and you were like sandwiched between me and a stranger. I was sitting next mm-hmm. to an empty chair and then pitch black <laughs> darkness. It was like horrific. It and was a like, staircase yes! right next to it. Yes. Oh my God. Oh, so you were like so like safe and like, I mean, you're probably horrified too, but I was like, I mean, with an empty chair, that's asking for a ghost to sit yeah, down. Yeah, that's so which, scary. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll get into that. Um, Spoiler. Anyways, Kitty, our guide, placed four EMF detectors on the table, and she proceeded to turn off all the lights, and that's when the ghosts really started to say hey. One thing Kitty did mention on the ghost tour was a ghost dog that haunts the building. So once the lights were out, she took this dog toy out of her bag and started calling for the dog, squeaking it very loudly, and it was completely unnerving. Do you remember how, I, I mean, I don't know, I hate the sound of dog squeakers, and it was like, the, it was like, I was already so on edge for obvious reasons, and then she just starts squeezing this thing like so loud, it was like so, I just remember it was like the worst sound ever. Um, and then my ankles went completely cold, and not in that like AC is blowing on my ankle sort of way, I mean like, that kind of cold that feels like it's coming from the inside out. Like, you know what I mean? Like literally from yeah, the like bones. bones from your bones. Yeah. So my ankles go cold. Yeah. And then I decided not to say anything because I didn't want to put any ideas in Lena's head. I wanted to be able to like compare notes and like have like unbiased findings. Right. So I didn't say mm-hmm. anything. And then Lena, I don't know if you want to take over. And then my ankles got chilled to the bone too, like just for a little. And then it went away. And then the girl next to me, her ankles got cold and like just for a little and then it was done as if like a dog had like run past our feet. Yeah. And then I'm pretty sure I'm and pretty got, sure we each got cold. I'm pretty sure that um, that there was also like a little bit of like a noise in the corner as if it had like knocked something over like by behind the table or something like it, I remember like my ankles went mm. cold I didn't say anything yours went cold you didn't say anything then the lady next to you actually out loud said my ankles just got cold and then you were like mine got cold and I was like bitch 
what the fuck mine yeah. got cold. So we went like backwards, you know what I mean? Which just makes it like more yeah. of a valid experience in my opinion. And then you heard like a little sound from down the hall of like that dog, that dead ass just ran past our little tootsies and like knocked something over. It was wild. Which brings up the question of animal ghosts. Animal ghosts. <laughs> Back to our, our ghost rule book. I think, Is that a thing? I think so. Absolutely. Why not? I think. I mean, because we did have that experience, but yeah. I mean, this. I mean, actually, I will say I didn't really believe in them until this experience. Yeah, I don't. I didn't believe in a lot of things until this experience. Period. (laughs) (laughs) Period. Um, And uh, no, and I think I think part of it is is like I mean I define ghosts for the most part, or at least like residual hauntings. I mean, it's just like leftover energy, right? So if if this dog died in some type of way i mean this we don't have this dog die this dog could have gotten shot and like let's say his body died immediately but his little like energy got stuck behind <sighs> so his little energy is running around Babe. Do you mean? we don't know yeah so i think i don't know i, think, I mean everyone in there died like horrific deaths it seems so yeah i mean there were shootouts over people cheating in poker there were shootouts over people not liking the performers there were shootouts over general conflict the people that, would shoot at the performers yeah i mean it was it was Wild. I mean, there was Which, oh, so you, violent, such a violent place. Can you imagine being performing? No, I can't. It's hard enough without guns. So then we move on to the spirit of a little boy. And I actually hate that we can't remember his name because he was so sweet and like such a cute little ghost icon. Mm-hmm. And it pains me that we can't remember his name. It was like a typical little boy. Like American, Billy or something. Like Billy or like, yeah, yeah. Ah, it's so uh, annoying. Bobby. I would know if I heard it. Johnny? Maybe. That's closer. But I... Yeah. No. Anyway. Kitty would... Or, sorry. Our tour guide, Kitty, uh, she told us that he usually spends most of his time hanging around the Black Mariah hearse that I mentioned earlier. And he, like, would play around the hearse and climb on the hearse. And above the hearse, there's a folded, a folded mortician's table, and which is horrific. And I think that that mortician's table was, like, used in a war or something. Like, it was, like... I don't know what it was, or maybe it was used in the town. I don't know, but it's like a mortician's table. So mm-hmm, obviously there's mm-hmm. going to be some kind of energy attached to that. Um, so it's folded. It's hung above the hearse. And apparently the this child ghost likes to move it for people who asks. You know, if he likes you and you ask, then he'll move it for you. Mm-hmm. And at this point in this lights out experience, Kitty pulls out some candies and a baseball in hopes of drawing the spirit of the little kid out and she turns the lights on and walks over to the hearse. And long story short, she asks him to move the mortician's table and nothing happened. And we, and I think it was something like, and let me know, Lena, I don't really remember that well. Um, she said something like, well, everyone say hi or something like, and we all like acknowledged him instead of just her acknowledging him. Yeah. And then like all of a sudden there was like the smallest little movement of the mortician's table. And I remember I didn't see it. I didn't see it at first. I was like so pissed because I think you did. Mm-hmm. And I was so yeah. pissed because I was like, great. I just literally moved like, I mean, I, I missed intelligent communication between a spirit and I didn't get to see it and everyone else did. Uh, but then he did it again, like one more little time and it just like started mm-hmm. swinging by itself. And that was iconic. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it just started swinging. And it would have been, it would be very impressive if they like engineered that and like, you know what I mean? If they were swinging it somehow, well, because it wasn't like, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say it's, it was, it was tied by rope. I mean, you can see online, It's t- you can see pictures of it online and it's literally on a pipe, on a giant pipe and it's tied by a rope. So you can't mm-hmm. like, you can't like automate that. You know what I mean? You can't, mm-hmm. you can't mm-hmm. find a way to like move it 
by just I mean I guess you could but like also they don't have the budget this is in Disneyland do you know what I mean like they're not here making attractions <laughs> yeah you know? I just don't think they were yeah 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 and I mean anything is possible but it's true okay and then there were orbs and a lot of orbs which I think we talked about in a previous episode a little bit but I had never seen orbs in real life and I've seen them like in videos and pictures and everything but to in see pictures, them in real life yeah. is wild like they were mm-hmm. balls literally of light. right in front of us right in front of you yeah. there'd be balls of light that would just like flicker out and I think they were like mm-hmm. I think they were like they were like two different colors or something like I saw really light blue ones and I think they're like white ones yeah I feel like I saw like white bluish like light yeah and it, colors like that yeah it was it was just wild. It was wild. I mean, they would flicker. And everyone saw. Yeah. And they would like. Like all of the people. And they would that flicker were on and the, off. On the like like uh, fireflies. It was wild. I loved that. That was actually. Just in the middle of the room too. Yeah. Like in not random on a places. Wall. In different sizes. Yeah. It was crazy. I I will say I think that was my favorite part of the tour. To be able mm-hmm. to see that. Yeah. That was really. That was cool. That's the closest thing I've gotten to seeing a ghost. I've never seen a full apparition. I've never seen an apparition. I've seen shadow people, yeah. but that was drug induced. And so, yeah, I just don't. I, I that is the closest I've gotten to seeing ghosts, and they were yeah, gorgeous. Me too. Blo- balls of blue light. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of the haunted mansion with Eddie Murphy, which I don't even do. I do. Have you seen it? Of course. Well, of course. You haven't dis- seen Halloween Town. How would you have seen haunted mansion yeah, with Eddie point. Murphy? Good point. I don't know. But I- you've seen it. But I've seen it. Okay, well, it's amazing. <laughs> and uh, it reminds me of that movie because I feel like everyone travel, travels in little orbs in that movie. Mm-hmm. I love that. We should watch that some, this Halloween season. Down. Absolutely down. So the wild, the last wild thing that happened was when Kate, Kitty started playing music for the ghosts. She said that the ghosts typically responded to most 80s synth. And I think she paid, I think she played like Africa by Toto first. Yeah. And then she played, first. I know a David Bowie song came on after. Anyway, the, the EMF detectors on the table all started lighting up a lot and just like flashing a bunch of colors. Lena had a little moment. If you want to share your little moment. Oh, yeah. The floorboards like right by me started creaking. And like I could feel like, you know, you can feel like old floorboards move mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, right by my feet. And it was like and it like went by me. And Oof. the girl next to me also felt it. Yeah. Like um, as if someone was like dancing around the table. That's cool. Or like right in front of our feet. I know. That is and so it was cool. right. It was when all the music was happening. So they were like dancing. It's so which is cute. so fun. So it was a little ghosty party. I will say, though, I remember also like we had a. We both agreed when we left that we we felt something or someone standing behind us the entire night that had a really scary energy. So it wasn't yeah. all like cute kids, cute ghosts, like oh, cute no. dogs and uh, dancing ghosts. It was there was also like I just remember like I remember like I remember we were hesitant to bring it up. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of felt like someone was like behind us, like standing on the stairs, just watching. Like I felt someone was just standing and watching us. And then you were like, yeah, Yeah. I felt that too. And I was like, it did not feel good. And you're like, yeah, no, it was terrible. And it was just like this really dark energy of just something standing there watching us. It was, I mean, it gives me the chills today. Like right now. Thinking about it. I know. I know. Me too. Maybe I'm just thinking of this now. Maybe it was um, just like, cause the basement was right there and Mm -hmm. so much happened in that basement. Maybe it was Mm -hmm. just like energy from there and not like a specific, cause it was behind us, you know, and not like a ghost watching you know what i mean yeah totally it totally could just be like the vibe but what's weird but what's weird is like i don't know what's what's weird when you when you think about it though is like i didn't feel that vibe when we were when we were actually downstairs but also i mean this is more like if it wasn't actually but if this was actually a ghost 
But I know people who have gotten like pushed down. I mean, I don't personally know them, but people who have gotten pushed down those stairs before. So maybe there's just like a jackass cowboy ghost sit, standing at the top of the stairs, just like <laughs> just being just mean. Just pushing people. Yeah. I have, yeah. I mean, who knows? I think a key thing that I just remembered that has nothing to do with the birdcage theater <sighs> that I feel like we just have to mention, um, a little side tangent, is that we saw a mannequin in a different um, tour that looked exactly like Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I have a video of it too. No, y'all. When we say this like, mannequin looks like Taylor Swift, it was like a it was like a wax museum of just like of tombstone history, right? So it was like yeah. it was not mm-hmm. related to anything. It wasn't like it was just like these these mannequins that were reenacting like what it was like to live in tombstone. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I think I'm gonna post it on our Instagram. I have to post it on you Instagram. You have to. People, it's people need to like, see it. It's like they got like a reject like Madame Tussauds wax statue (laughs) of Taylor Swift. And and they put the most raggedy little wig on it. But it's so funny because when you zoom in on it, it looks like Taylor Swift and not in any, (laughs) not in any sort of light way. I mean, it's, it's, it is, if, if you placed it just like, (laughs) <laughs> anywhere people would go up to and ask for an autograph it was a lifelike taylor swift ruby yeah. red lip like red era taylor swift <sighs> oh my god that is yeah. so funny wow nothing to do with um the birdcage but everything to do with what was integral to our trip to tombstone yeah the most important part is that we, <laughs> we met taylor swift <laughs> <laughs> oh my god those are so fun those little like interactive museums i just remember we were mm-hmm. screaming because there's that, that one, one room scary. yeah there was, it was horrific and there was like that one room with like the floorboards and all of a sudden it started lighting up orange like there was like hell yeah. was breaking loose under our feet there was we like a mine screaming. mine explosion. fire or something yeah. that they were like yeah explosion that they were like <laughs> yeah talking about oh that's so funny um we should go again we should go back i'm down i honestly okay would you go on this tour again i guess <laughs> <laughs> nothing like truly bad happened so that's true that's true i mean yeah that's true um so the final story of this sor- sort of circle around seance moment was that i felt the hairs on my left knee and my left knee only which is the knee closest to the empty chair on my left, right? So it's not the knee next to Lena. It is the knee next to the empty chair and the the hairs on that kneecap lifted on their own. Like, again, Mm -hmm. I was not having full body chills. I was not even having any chills. And it was just on my knee. And they lifted on their own. And And I mentioned it to the tour guide. And she confirmed that a lot of men on the tours get touched by some of the spirits of the prostitutes, which would also explain... Um, my arms the entire night. Yeah, and you were the I was only, the only man on that man tour. On the tour. I mean, I was gay yeah. as fuck, still am, but uh, I was the only man on that tour. She's trying to get her coin, make a living, period. living. Yeah, period. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, so anyway, that was horrific. Um. By the end of the night, Lena and I left. We were pretty shook, and we. <laughs> We ha- I had to tell the story. We had to go to the bathroom so bad because it was like a 45 minute drive back home and we had to go to the bathroom. So we locked ourselves in that terrifying like old west bathroom with like, do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like basically it like an outhouse. outhouse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it was like pitch black outside. Isn't like, it was like 11 o'clock at night. Everyone was home and we like peed as fast as we could. And then we like ran, so we ran to our cars and then I remember- I went with you 
Wait, I, I think I went with you into the men's room or you went into the Yeah, we no, yeah, we literally like, we shared the same house. Yeah. Well, no, you oh, good, good like, thing to Oh, but like specifically we yeah. had to Yeah, like we had to like go we like started to go separately. Yeah. And then we were like, oh, "We I cannot. Like we can't. We can't be alone right we now." We were so, so scared. So we like went in. I mean, the fabrics of our lives had changed. We had seen orbs. I had been touched by ghosts. Like a lot had happened in like 30 minutes. Yeah. Um and I remember before we left, we told all of the ghosts of the birdcage and tombstone that they had to stay where they were and that they weren't allowed to come with us, come home with us. And that's important for all of you listeners out there. If you ever do something mm-hmm. haunted or creepy or you're ever in a space that you feel is haunted or whatever, 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 remember to tell the ghosts to stay home and not yeah. to follow you home. Because when you establish that boundary and you tell them what to do, they have to listen to it. And that is in the ghost rule. have to listen book. to you. Yeah. That is in that is for sure in the ghost rule book. And I've just heard this from so many different sources that like you have to um that they have to listen to the like the living. Yes, they have like to listen a to a life living. force. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. I, I and I completely agree. Um and then when we got home, we tried to watch the ghost adventures episodes of the of Tombstone and the Birdcage. But I remember we were like too scared, so we had to turn it off. And like yeah, put on, like and we had to soon. put on like Rugrats or some shit. Like we we literally couldn't watch we couldn't watch the episode because it was like too real. Yeah, and I remember that even the drive back was kind of scary because it's dark, like middle of like the country. You, the desert I was like in waiting Arizona. for a chupacabra to like run across and kill us. Yeah, it was, it a was lot. scary. <sighs> so that's our story. It's our story. We're sticking to it. All right, so onto the bonus content section of the episode, or as I have deemed it today. The paranormal present for all of you all to open. Can't wait to open it. It's a dark one, so um, maybe you can. Anyway, (laughs) I wanted to keep up with the mining town slash Arizona desert vibe, and I decided that this week's paranormal present would be the story of the Slaughterhouse Canyon. And this this legend is sort of a common one, and while no one has been able to prove its validity, it is a hauntingly tragic tale and takes place in Kingman, Arizona. And it centers on the base of Luana's Canyon. So the Slaughterhouse is more of a nickname for Luana Canyon. So do you know anything about the story, Lena? No, I do not. Do you know where Kingman is, Arizona? No. Okay. No. Um, and fair warning for all of our listeners, this story does involve suicide and it is pretty dark compared to our regular bonus content. So if that's not for you, please feel free to skip this week's bonus section. And without further ado, let's get into it. The legend goes that during the 1800s gold rush era in Arizona, a family lived in the center of the canyon. Every so often, the father would go out in search of both food and gold for his family. Whatever rations he brought home was the family's only source of food. Of course, as you probably guessed, the one day the father didn't return home to his family, and the family, left alone in this vast, empty canyon, began to starve. The mother, left with her starving children, would scream out for her lost husband. The kids joined her in hopes of guiding their possibly still alive, maybe lost father back home. The screams eventually turned into screams of anguish and want, echoing throughout the canyon. The story goes that the mother, desperate to save her children, started to lose her mind. Eventually, left with no other option but to spare her children's pain and imminent deaths, the mother murdered her children before taking her own life. Dang. That's a story. It's very it's like a very heavy story you know again like no one can prove that it's real or not but regardless it's just like uh it uh has some weight yeah right anyway heavy definitely heavy um 
So now more than 100 years later, it is said that you can still hear the screams of the family echo throughout the canyon, just as they reportedly did before the mother and her children met their tragic <gasps> fates. Visitors oh. to the canyon have also reported feeling overwhelming emotions of anguish and despair. One firsthand account on ArizonaHauntedHouses.com writes, As a teen, growing up in Kingman, we all heard the stories of Slaughterhouse Canyon. My brother and I would go out to have bonfires and be hooligans. One night, at a minute after midnight, we heard what sounded like a wailing cry echo all around us. We looked for about half an hour before deciding to go home. It was so creepy and cool. Oof. So scary. So scary. So scary. Oh, my God. Yeah. And another u- user on Hub Pages writes... I've lived in downtown Kingman for over 40 years and spent a lot of time in this canyon, exploring, partying, and just hanging out waiting for something to happen. I can tell you of one instance in 1990 when we were sitting in the canyon in the car at about 3 a.m. Dead silence except for a quiet discussion in the car. When the car began moving forward for no explainable reason. Mind (gasps) you, we had been there for three hours and the windows were covered with dew so we couldn't see outside. We were so scared and unsettled that after we checked the canyon to see what it could have been, finding nothing and no one, we drove to the Catholic Church to finish talking. (laughs) A surreal experience that I will never forget. Whoa, that is so, first of all, it's so funny that they drove to the Catholic Church. <laughs> yeah. To, like, they're like, we need the safest place. Yeah. And also, like, it's not only, like, scary just to start rolling forward at the top of a canyon, by the way. Like, was it trying yeah. to push them into the canyon? Do you know what I mean? Like, whatever it was. Right. That is so Ooh, scary. That's scary. Um, and that you couldn't see anything. That's exactly, that's what I was just going to say. Like, on top of that, like, they couldn't see anything outside. So imagine, like, mm-hmm. you're not, you can't see outside. You're having a conversation. You've been there for hours. Everything's normal. It's super quiet, but you're at Slaughterhouse Canyon. <gasps> and all of a sudden, you just start rolling forward towards the empty canyon. Oh, my God. That is so scary. <gasps> <gasps> I hate it. I hate it. Overall, the story of Slaughterhouse Canyon seems to be widely disputed amongst locals, historians, and paranormal enthusiasts alike. Regardless of the story's validity, it is a legend that is both tragic and haunting enough to give just about anyone the heebie-jeebies. Hmm. So that's wow. it. That's yeah. the bonus section. Sad. Yeah. Sad and scary. Very scary. I mean... When did it happen? When did the story... Did it say? The 1800s, like during like gold mining, mm. gold gold oh, rush oh, days. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I would love to hear more about it. I honestly would love to go go to Kingpin. What is it called? Kingman? Kingman, Arizona. Kingman. And just like ask around. You know what I mean? Like it'd be so fun to hear yeah. people's... Um, Investigate. Yeah. And just like hear... Ooh. I just want to hear like locals talk about it. Because I bet yeah. you like... Regar- honestly, regardless of if it's true, I bet you they're good stories. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, do you have anything cool. else you want to add to Slaughterhouse Canyon? Or like talk about, unpack? Is it scary to you? Like, would you be scared yeah. to go? Yeah. I mean, for sure I wouldn't go. Well, I'd go during the day. Go during the day. Okay. Work. I just think that I, think. The, I just I wouldn't think... have like a bonfire and like Period. sit in the dark car. Period. I would never do that. In a place called Slaughterhouse Canyon. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I mean, can you imagine hearing like screams bouncing off the walls of the canyon, just echoing with like no one no, around? It's like insane. Yeah, it's crazy. It'd be so fun though to pull a prank though, and just scare How? the. Sh- what do you mean? Like I don't know if like, oh, you knew and, like, someone scream. was like yeah, like if you knew someone was in the canyon and they didn't know that you knew and then they didn't know that you were there and then you like screamed and they're like oh my god I heard a scream but it was you. So that would be so funny. Kind of That's fun. what I would do. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would do. <laughs> Okay, so I think that just about wraps up this episode. Um, thank you all so much for listening. And as always, please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And feel free to check out other CTC podcasts as well. 
And if you would like to further support our podcast, please rate us and leave a review on whichever listening platform you use. It helps a ton, not only with the content that we create, but it also helps the podcast out on the charts. And as always, please be sure to follow us on Instagram at ghostlightctc or share any ghost stories, theater related or not, to ghostlightctc at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. We love you. you. And don't forget to leave the light on.